It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening or watching. Hope you're doing uh, A-OK. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons to get a decent slice of pizza. But better yet, to get an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the next Billy C. Boxing get-together. It's taking place at the luxurious Sea Palms Resort on St. Simons. Check it out, man. We want you to come and join Sal and myself, along with former world champions Marlon Starlin, Bobby Chez, Mike Weaver, a renowned trainer out of Tampa, Sherman Henson, and uh, we may sprinkle in a couple other uh, guests. Uh, as uh, the time goes on, we're going to be handling this uh August 25th, 26th, uh, we will uh, have a uh, meet and greet. We will actually, uh, you finally get to see Sal Rocky Senecola work out because Sherman Henson's going to work him out. And a little birdie told me that uh, Sherman's going to be working him to death. So uh, we can't wait to see uh, Sal Rocky Senecola hitting the mitts and doing some other things. Maybe we'll have him do some black backflips, too. I don't know. But uh, you get to watch that. You get to hang out with uh, the uh, former world champions, uh, picture ops, uh, get to eat a little bit at the Sea Palms. Then we're all going to uh, uh, watch uh, an episode. You're going to get a sneak preview of one of our new uh, television shows, uh, Billy C. Boxing's Revisited, and uh, we'll show you that. Then uh, Saturday morning, We'll be doing a little golf tournament. That's right. We'll be doing a little golf tournament at the uh, PGA-rated course at the Sea Palms. Then truck on over to Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, crash his place, make sure that uh, everybody tastes his food. And then uh, we're going to end the evening watching McGregor Mayweather. So, uh, hey, where would you rather be to watch that circus of a fight than with us? Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Sea Palms. Give them a call. Tell them you want the Billy C. Boxing Package. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage, The Baddest Man on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Find out why I'm so adamant about educating you guys on Tom Molino. Tom Molino uh, really 
was the first American uh, heavyweight champion and should, for all intent and purposes, be considered the first world heavyweight champion 100 years uh, before uh, uh, Jack Johnson, for example, was a heavyweight champion. So uh, check that out. Um, today's show, coming up a little bit later, uh, scheduled to join us is uh, Boxing Hall of Famer Larry Hazard. We'll get his thoughts on some stuff. Um, we uh, may or may not be doing the blast from the past. It looks like uh, uh, Alex uh, won't be able to make it. So I don't like doing the blast without him. So uh, if we don't get a chance to do it, we will carry it over and do it next time, uh, which uh, will probably be in two weeks because, as you recall, programming note, uh, we're on TBD to be determined for next week uh, due to my... Uh, <clears throat> obligation for jury duty i'm not happy about it but uh got to do what you got to do i guess otherwise they're going to throw me in jail and fine me fifteen hundred dollars so you know it, it makes me laugh you know a jury selection should be people that actually want to do it you know why force people to do it you know he's guilty let me out of here i, I, I got some place to go he's guilty oh, but uh anyway um today I want to uh, officially uh, break down and give you our predictions for the fight this weekend between Adrian Broner and Mikey Garcia. So that's coming up. Uh, we do have some news that I want to talk about uh, as uh, as the show gets going here. And, and one of the first things is, you know, in my opinion, one of the best fights we've gotten to see so far this year was Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, not only was it an action-packed fight with lots of drama from both sides, but it was in a heavyweight division, something that we're not usually uh, accustomed to seeing, uh, at least these days, uh, where uh, you got two big men uh, going all at it, where uh, we had a lot of action, we had knockdowns, we had uh, you know displays of heart and determination, and, and uh, it was just a great fight. Well, uh, it, uh, we all know that the rematch is going to happen. Vladimir Klitschko had the uh, uh, option to take the rematch or not. I personally feel... That, um, you know, why? Uh, why do it? Uh, but, uh, but hey, uh, he's going to take uh, another shot at a, probably another $25 million. But uh, it, it was announced yesterday uh, by Eddie Hearn, who's the promoter, or at least one of the promoters, uh, that the date has already been kind of uh, penciled in, November 11th. But here's the thing. It's penciled in uh, in Vegas, in Las Vegas. My, my question today on this fight is why? Why are they having it in Vegas when they were so successful having this fight in London? Not only did they have 90,000 people live at, in attendance, but the pay-per-view was uh, uh, over there anyway. It was good. I know we showed it. Uh, I don't think it was a pay-per-view here. I think we showed it on uh, uh, regular television uh, or uh, Showtime. But... Uh, uh, you know, are they really shifting gears and going 100% pay-per-view? And why not still hold it in London? I mean, I thought that one of the biggest uh, uh, parts that I loved about this fight was the uh, atmosphere and the energy that 90,000 people, fans, especially European fans, brought to this fight. They'll never be able to duplicate that in Las Vegas. Never in a million years. Joining me right now with his thoughts, uh, my man uh, Sal, uh, Rocky Senecola. And Sal, um, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I kind of wanted to see this fight again 
in London. I whether it's a pay per view, whether it's on uh, you know HBO, whatever, uh, or Showtime. I just feel that the energy from ninety thousand fans really brought to this fight. What, what's your thoughts on them uh, potentially having it in Vegas? Well, you know, Vegas is also a world stage, and uh, it's it's provided a good atmosphere. Uh, and surely, uh, you know, we'll be, uh, saturated with, uh, betting and everything else here. But, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be satisfied with Vegas. Um, I loved, I loved the atmosphere that, uh, London had too. I mean, it was great. I was, it's absolutely beautiful in the UK. I mean, these guys, the fans are phenomenal and, uh, you know, it's going to be a trade off. We'll see. We'll see how we receive it here. And, uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of people coming over uh, across the pond, but uh, we'll also uh, have a lot of domestic that are here uh, from across the pond originally. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good venue. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, but you know, but I do I do love I do love that live audience. I mean, they're so gregarious, they're so uh, passionate, and uh, you know, with a stein of beer or whatever they have in their hand, or a pint, <laughs> not a stein, a pint or whatever. You know, it's a it's a it's it's a festivity. It really is. These guys are are uh, passionate. They uh, they love to rally behind their guys, and uh, they uh, let it be known by their 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 passion, and excitement, and it's electrifying. It really is. Yeah. There's no. First of all, what I love about the UK fans, especially on a big event, and and you you, you hit it on the head. It, these types of matches. These matchups between two top guys, especially in the heavyweight division, like we saw the first time around, it's an event. And, you know, to cram 90,000 people uh, into a venue, and like you suggest, you know, these guys have a blast. I'm talking about these guys, meaning the fans. They have a blast at these events, and it's a diversified group. I mean, there's young, there's old, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, uh, pure boxing fans, then there's uh, the marginal fan. I, I mean, it, it really makes the atmosphere so much better. And, you know, as a fighter, I'm sure that they would much rather feel that energy coming from both sides. You know, uh, whether uh, you feel, uh, um, you know, that the fans are going against you, that should, uh, you know, jack you up a little bit, and vice versa. You know, you have the fans with you. It, it makes you feel a little more strong, stronger and in, more invincible. By moving it to Vegas, I, I really see one benefit, and that's um, capturing the U.S. pay-per-view crowd. And uh, although I'm sure Box Nation will have it over in the U.K. Uh, for the uh, U.K. fans and, and uh, uh, you know, all of Europe, I just feel that this fight, the magnitude of this fight, and how successful the first one was and what everybody's anticipation for the second one was, deserves to be in the UK again only because I, I really feel that that energy Sal brought to this fight you know and, and Vegas no disrespect to Vegas because I love Las Vegas but the fan base in Vegas and even the fans like you suggest that'll travel over there's still only a limited amount you know I, I mean there's no way uh, first of all, let's be real. Let's call it spade a spade. The United States does not uh, uh, attract, you know, uh, 90,000 fans to a boxing match. I don't care who's there. They just don't. The biggest venue we have that has had, what, I think fifty or 60,000 was a Pacquiao fight at, at, at the Cowboy Stadium. That's it. You know, which is, I mean, that's a big crowd. 
but uh, but I, remember they added ten thousand people uh, into the uh, in London so that they could house it there. I, I don't know. I would like to see it in Europe. You got two European fighters. The fight should be in Europe. Well, you know, you got a good point there. And you know what I love about the the venue in Europe is, you know, you have a integrated cultural uh, commingling, if you will. You have a you have uh, which is redundant from integrated, but you have you have uh, the upper class, the middle class, the lower class, and and they they're one and the same when they get into a boxing arena. I mean, here we're gonna expect to see ringside a lot of celebrities, and that's another thing. You know, we're gonna see a lot of boxing celebrities. We're gonna see a lot of uh, movie star or Hollywood celebrities, and uh, you know, so that's one of the other. Uh, things that you're going to see here, I think, uh, magnified than you would in the UK. Uh, you may see an, uh, an occasional here and there celebrity there, but uh, I think here they want to try and get uh, a lot of our domestic stars or so sitting ringside. You know, like uh, my man uh, New Rose in the uh, uh, chat room says, you know, the women, they all love Anthony Joshua, and uh, they're there too, you know. And, and it's just – you know, in England, they just have such a a, a, a more energetic uh, fan base. And, and, you know, maybe the pints of beer have something to do with it. I don't know. Hey, listen, we're well, going to take a show. Hold that, that on. Too, but, hold hold yeah. that thought. we got to take a break. Hold, we will be. Hold on. Hold it. Okay, good. Sal's holding it. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that that's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching Endless to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And just before we went to break, Sal and I were uh, discussing uh, the uh, penciled-in date of November 11th for the rematch between uh, Vladimir Klitschko and AJ, Anthony Joshua, and tentatively uh, scheduled for having this fight in Las Vegas. And I personally think that it's not the smartest move. I I loved it uh, over in the UK, and uh, I feel that the 90,000 fans... Uh, really brought some energy and excitement to this fight and helped the fighters. Vegas um, just can't do it. it, it you know, 10,000, 20,000 people just can't, uh, you know, uh, basically copy that. And I know that maybe financially they'll be better off because of the pay-per-views, but uh, I'm not so sure. Before we went to break, Sal, you still holding on? I'm still holding that thought. All right. I'm still holding that thought. All right, it's man. Let it go. Let it go. Unleash it. Unleash it, baby. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. What was I saying? Oh, okay. Now, you know what else it is, though, Bill? I see this also as a good way to market Anthony Joshua. I mean, let's face it. uh, We haven't seen a real good heavyweight championship bout out of Vegas. When's the last one we saw? Uh, Jeez, that's a good question. Am I allowed to do that? Maybe or you want Holy Batman? Maybe, okay, uh, anyway. So Holy listen, Field. I think this is a great way to give him national exposure, world exposure, because Vegas is a world stage as well. And I think, um, you know, they're marketing Anthony Joshua. 
And why not? Because I think it'll be a great thing to have him come to the United States of America and fight uh, in one of the greatest, more ex- most exciting cities in the, in the world here, Las Vegas. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing they're not doing it in the U.K. And I think it'll give us good international exposure and domestic exposure and uh, for us. And I think uh, he'll pick up a lot of fans here. Well, thanks Win, to, lose, or draw. Thanks to technology, Sal. It doesn't matter where the fight is, you know. The people, the the people in the United (laughs) States can still watch it as long as they put it on. They want to be there. They want to touch them. Yeah, but they can. Hey, I was at the I was at the heavyweight championship of the world. But that's the problem. That's the problem with the U.S. fans. They don't go there. They watch it at home on their couch. That's my point. Uh, Vegas is going to give the high rollers free tickets. Free tickets, exactly. Free. Free tickets means that you got people that aren't really boxing fans. Listen, listen, the, you you can't compare the audience from the UK when it comes to boxing to the United States. I'm sorry, you can't. Now, no, as you much can't. as you can't, I yeah, can't even debate you on that. Right. No, so, right. so, so, my point is, is you're taking that away. You're 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 chisel. Even if they go in a venue that can hold, tw- you know, I don't know if they if they're gonna go in the new. Uh, T-Mobile Arena, which uh, uh, seats a little more, or the MGM, uh, you know, which is the biggest one. They seat about fifteen thousand. Let's say they they go to T-Mobile and they end up with twenty five thousand. You know that that's still you know that's still seventy thousand people less than what they had in the UK. And and as far as the audience, you make a great point coming over to to the United States and try to get fans in the U.S. Here's the thing about boxing. Boxing already has fans, and it's a global sport. So, in other words, we we don't care anymore where the fighters are from. I mean, yeah, you know, if you're from the U.K., you kind of pull for your U.K. fighters, and you're from the U.S., you pull for your U.S. fighters. But, listen, we talk about this on the show all the time. You know, the U.K. fighters are more willing to fight. You know, they're more willing to fight each other. You know, the European fighters, are they're willing to fight anybody, you know. And the U.S. fighters are too careful. We're too careful. Safety first. Safety first. You know, it's like, uh, don't lose. Don't get it all. Uh, come on. You know, why reward uh, those fans and, and have a fight like this here in the States? It, it makes no sense except for one. Except for the pay-per-view. They're looking to capture the pay-per-view buys here in the States. They know that the European fans are already going to pay. They know that that's going to happen. Box Nation will already get uh, the revenue streams that they want. Last time around, it was on regular TV. It was actually shown on both networks, uh, Showtime Live, and then uh, HBO showed that fight uh, later on. So, you know, they they got a deal there. And they're they're being a little greedy. They're probably saying, well, you know, the fight was so good, the pay-per-view will be better, you know, uh, we'll make more money. I get it, you know. But but as far as the, the product, the fight... I can't see the energy level or the excitement level, uh, regardless of the way the fight goes, to be equal to the first one, Sal. Like I said, I think it's going to be a showcased event uh, here in the United States, and they're going to market it. They're going to have plenty of celebrities. They're going to pan the camera around ringside. There's George Clooney. There's this one. There's that one. I don't know. Is George Clooney in the United States anymore? Is he over in Europe? But anyway, uh, (laughs) I'm just, uh, you know, going to have those fight fans that are associated with Hollywood uh, trying to uh, sit ringside. And and it's going to it's just going to be 
like I said, even though the UK has their positive and they're, they're their great way of, of, of doing things over there, you know us in the United States. They're going to market this as an event. And you're going to see celebrities. You're going to see uh, the, the, the commentators getting behind the venue, uh, excitement. They're going to make it. And you know what? It's not going to be bad to introduce uh, uh, here, you know, uh, these guys, Anthony Joshua and Klitschko, to fight here, the heavyweight championship of the world. I, I think it's a good venue. I think it's a good choice. And because you also said it's about money. It's about the pay-per-view. And and that's what this bottom line is. You know that. Yeah, and it, so it, it, it's a it's a gimme. Yeah. And, and as far Not as give excitement. You or give me, but it's it, a gimme. As far as excitement and, and the commentators and all that, 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 who cares? You know, and that's that's my point, Sal. You know, you're, what you're defending and making as a positive is my point of why it's a negative. You know, the, the commentators don't make the fight, Sal. The no, comment, they do and not. and you well, right. well, here's the problem. You know, in today's in the U.S., in the U.S., that's what happens when you have, and, and we're talking about a commission in the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and Bob Bennett, who's got no hair on his, you know what, that the same guy that approved McGregor Mayweather uh, with a fighter in Mayweather who's 49 and 0 against a pro debut. This is the same commission that has sunk so deep into the abyss that, uh, you know, it's a joke. And, and you know, as far as creating excitement, what are we doing? We're creating fluff, like you say. We're creating fluff sizzle without, without a... We're, we're, we're creating sizzle without a stake. I mean, listen, they're banking. They're riding the coattails of the success of the first fight and trying to capitalize monetarily in the U.S., which I get. But my point still remains the same. They could have the fight in the UK and still have a pay-per-view in the US. Still cater to the pay-per-view audience in the US. Because the fat USA fans aren't going to come out and watch it like they would in England. All right? It's not going to happen. They're going to sit home and watch it on their couch. That's what we do in the United States. It's it's a fact. You know, you look at these, and I'm talking about boxing. You know, you look at boxing venues. I mean, Floyd Mayweather Jr., can't even sell out. I mean, here's a guy that sells millions of pay-per-view. He can't even sell out the MGM in in in, a, in a, his last fight there. Fifteen thousand didn't even sell it out. They didn't even sell out the tickets yet uh, for the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight. I'll get to that a little later. Didn't even sell it out when you had Anthony Joshua Klitschko. It sold ninety thousand seats, Sal, in a couple of hours. All right, oh, know you know did. they I didn't know even did. sell out McGregor Mayweather yet. Know you know, I, I mean, uh, listen, it's a it's it's a mute point. It's not uh, the, this fight should be taking place in the UK. I want the energy from the fans. It makes the fight. It does. I'm sorry, it does. I have to disagree. Yeah. Sal, you know I love you, my man, but I disagree with you 100. percent I love you too, Bill. And I'll tell you what, I am going to debate the issue from a standpoint. Of you know, let's look at it from from uh, the black and white issue here. Maybe it's a way we're marketing boxing back to the United States. Maybe we're trying to do these things. I don't think so. I don't know. It has a lot to do with the money. But the bottom line is, let's look at the positive sides. I I don't disagree of where you're coming from. And if this fight was in the UK, I'd be very happy. It's no problem. But now that it's here, 
I'm from the side. Let's embrace it and let's welcome it and let's promote it and let's let's uh, look at the positive attributes of it being a world heavyweight championship fight out of Vegas. We're going to have the celebrities electrify uh, this, that, everything else. It's going to be big. It's going to be an event. They're going to market it. They're going to sell it. And, you know, hey, it's right here in the United States. They're bringing a heavyweight championship bout to the United States. So that's how I'm looking at it on that level. Yeah, but, that's all. That's yeah, all. I got you. But here's the thing. Once again. <laughs> you got you, got you know what? Once again. You know, here, here's the thing. You and I. We're Italian, we're hard-headed, and you're not going to convince me, and I'm not no. going to convince you. But, but so we're, we're stalemate. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. You, you're you saying, oh, you know, the celebrities will be there to put the cameras on this guy and that guy. And it's like, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not making a fight. This no, is you're, not, you're giving me all you're giving me all the reasons why I want it in England. You're giving me all the reasons. You 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 you're defending my position. You know, and, and the thing is, is I want I want to see the fight. I want it to be about the fighters. You know, and and and, know. and this I'm is the this is the problem. Fire, yeah, but let, let me say, you know, this is the big problem we have I'm with boxing. Fuel they, they, yeah, they 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 make it like it's about the other people involved. Let's be real. It's a it's fighter A against fighter B. It's not fighter A and fighter B featuring referee so and so. Hey, look in the second row. We got celebrity so and so. Who gives a crap? I want to see the fight. I don't want to. I don't hey, care you. who's there. You know. The, you know when you see celebrities come. Yes, you say to yourself, okay, the interest level is there. Even my favorite actor is here. You know, even my favorite sports star is here. Gotcha. I I, I know. But they're coming to see the fight. We're, you know, if they're coming to make sure the camera's on them, I don't want to see an event that's going to span the audience. And I, and I got to be honest, a lot of times when I'm watching, when I'm watching fights at home, I do look at the audience and see who's there. I get it. I, I'll admit, I do. I do. But I don't think it should be like that. You know, I, I think that this, especially a fight this big, you know, I, I just don't. But, uh, uh, anyway, hey, listen, Sal. There's Sylvester Stallone sitting ringside. Yeah, the real yeah. life Rocky. Oh Whoa. God! I, would you in the Rocky? You know, I, I talked to Jeremy last time. I'm like, oh, with Sal in this Rocky thing, he acts like it's a real fight. But uh, uh, listen, <laughs> don't go anywhere. Sal. Well, we're gonna kick I you got to the curb. More thoughts I'm gonna hold. No, okay? no, no. We're gonna kick you to the curb now. We're gonna come uh, back after Larry's segment. But you and I have to break down and give our official predictions on the big fight schedule for this weekend. Adrian Broner against Mikey Garcia. I know that you're tuning in to see what our thoughts are on that. Uh, the Klitschko-Anthony uh, uh, Joshua rematch is a, a topic today uh, that we wanted to talk about. So, uh, uh, Sal, go get your coffee. Go fill up. Do what you got to do. what I got to do. And uh, we will uh, be back to you in about a half hour, my man. I'll see you guys later. All Thank right. you very much. We're going to be Take talking. I promise that we will be uh, talking about the uh, uh, fight this weekend between Adrian Broner and uh, Mikey Garcia. Uh, but first, we got Boxing Hall of Fame and Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. 
You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, speaking of being with us, joining us right now, a boxing Hall of Famer and my main man, Larry Hazard. Good morning, Larry. Morning, Billy. How you doing morning. today? How you doing today, my man? Very good. Very good, Billy. Couldn't be right. better. Well, you know, uh, first of all, I, you know, today is uh, there's so many things that I, w- I wanted to talk to you about, and, and so little time. But first, I want to start off with, uh, you know, it was announced tentatively that it looks like the uh, Anthony Joshua-Vladimir Klitschko rematch will be taking place. We, we, we kind of already knew that it was. Klitschko hasn't officially signed off on it, but they've already secured a date. And it looks like the location is going to be in Las Vegas. And I've, I've been in, in a kind of a uh, debate with uh, uh, my co-host, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, about this fight. And I feel that, first of all, the first fight, was uh, was a great fight. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, we, we may have seen more action-packed fights, but for a heavyweight fight, we haven't seen one like this, and, and I can't remember when. It was action-packed. It showed uh, heart, determination from both fighters. There was knockdowns. It, it, it ended in dramatic fashion. I mean, I loved every minute of it. I think it helped uh, the sport uh, immensely. And one of the things that I thought added to it, Larry, was the fact that it was in England, and the fact that there was 90,000 fans there. Uh, I felt that that added a lot of energy, et cetera, et cetera. They're talking about having this fight here in the States in Vegas in November. My question, my first question is, do you think it's a smart move for them to have it in Vegas? I mean, I'm assuming that they want to capture the pay-per-view audience of the States, but uh, what's your thoughts having it in Vegas versus back in England? Well, I would... Frankly speaking, and I haven't given it much thought, but now that you bring it up, um, yeah, I saw where they signed it for Vegas. Uh, I think that, um, personally, you go with what way you had success. I would keep it in England because I would think that, you know, it's all about getting getting those to add over 90,000 people um, for the first fight they probably would equal that or at least close to it uh, for the second go-around because it was a tremendous fight. So I think that bringing it to to the States, uh, I guess this is a way of introducing Joshua to the American audience. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of a loss in terms of fan output I do think 
that uh, it'll be a big draw in Vegas, but I don't know of any place in Vegas that could, could have where they could have it to have that many people. I don't know. Um, but I, I would have kept it overseas because it was very successful. And, um, I, you know, it's hard. It was very hard to even see an empty seat there. And the enthusiasm, I mean, for a fight like that, the enthusiasm was just overwhelming. So I would, I would go, I would just go with, um, you know, where, where, where I had the most success the first time around. So I would keep it overseas. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you Jersey guys stick together because uh, Sal was saying, oh, well, you know, he wants to introduce it to the U.S. fans or anything else. And, and, and I was like this, uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, thank God for technology because as long as it's available on, on, on U.S. television, which it was last time. Now, I understand that they're, 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 the goal here is the pay-per-view audience, right? So they want to they wanna tackle the pay-per-view audience, but... What's the difference? I mean, I, you know, the U.K. fans will show up. There's been many fights where they make these guys, these poor U.S. fans, uh, U.K. fans show up at a fight to accommodate the U.S. television. So they're coming early in the morning or they're coming earlier in the afternoon and they still fill up, you know. And the enthusiasm from the U.K. fans blows away the U.S. fans. I mean, you know, you watch these fans in, in the U.K., all ages, all, all all backgrounds, you know, men, yeah. women, you know, they're all having fun. They're all, everybody's cheering, screaming, singing, you know, they're singing for God's sakes. It's like it's a concert, you know, and, and in the U.S. you see the same types of people. Yeah, you see some women there dressed to the hilt and all of that. But generally, you know, unless uh, unless there's other actually, unless there's European fans in the audience, a lot of times the U.S. venues are quiet, you know? How many times, Larry, come on, man, you've been to a million fights. How many times have you been sitting there ringside and you can literally hear, you know, the guy in the last row sneeze or cough because it's so quiet in there, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, sometimes it's terrible. You know that. Come on, man. You know, well, it's... Well, sometimes it, it reminds you of uh, um, the Japanese audiences. You know, they don't, they don't cheer, they clap. Right, 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 right. That's a little culture shock shock also, you know. I remember doing fights in Japan, and the damn people are clapping, and I'm like, what the hell are they clapping for? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes sometimes the boxing in the USA is like, going to church you know it's like real quiet unless 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 everybody's told to clap they don't you know it's like wait a minute this isn't russia you know i mean come on you know but uh but you know billy i i I think that i think that joshua and klitschko um i think it still will sell i think it still will bring out a lot of people in the u.s maybe not as many people yeah uh, listen in vegas let's say they have it at the biggest venue the new venue the team what is it the t-mobile arena right what, what does it hold? 25,000. You know, 10,000 yeah. more than, than the MJ. So even if they fill it up, you're, you're talking 70,000, almost 70,000 less people. You know, and, yeah. and, and the pay-per-view audience, because of the success of the first fight, the pay-per-view audience here in the States, you know, remember, we got to see it on Showtime and HBO last time. They, they did a tape delay, I think, on HBO and live on Showtime. But, um, I, you know, the pay-per-view audience... They're not going anywhere. They're still going to. And, and that's the sad part. 
you know, uh, the U.S. fans have a tendency to prefer to watch it at home, whereas the U.K. and rest of European fans like to be there. You know, it's an event. And and Sal was saying to me before, he's going, well, you know, they'll introduce him to the, to the U.S. fans. Well, the boxing fans already know who he is. And, you know, they can still focus on introducing him to more American fans through the, the television networks, right, uh, or, you know, the cable networks. But he says, well, you know, there'll be celebrities there. They'll put the camera on and stuff. And whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Here we go. This is my big argument, Larry. You know, it's about the fighters. I don't care that, that George Clooney's in the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's it's nice, but it's this is about Klitschko, AJ, too. Not who's refereeing, not who's judging, not, you know, not who's sitting in the third row. You know, I, I mean, come on. That's the problem with the U.S. thinking. Well, we know that, Billy. The old, the old fight fans, guys like us, yes, we know that. But the paradigm is changing. It has changed. The paradigm has changed. And to a degree, it is about the uh, celebrities. It's about the uh, glamour of Las Vegas. You know, once upon a time, you haven't made it in boxing unless you fought in Madison Square Garden. That was the premier destination. And it seemed like it was the measure of success to have fought in the garden so over time some of that has changed because you know there was a period in time where madison square garden even now the barclays center is kind of stepping up and taking some of the glitz and glimmer from the garden but the garden has so much history well uh as much as i don't want to admit it um of course, New Jersey has had its its uh, run, but Vegas, Las Vegas, seems to have um, taken a lot of that glitz and glimmer away from places like Jersey and and Madison Square Garden, meaning in New Jersey, the convention center in Atlantic City, and so you know it's kind of like you haven't really arrived today unless you fought in Vegas. It's just the uh, excitement of being there, and that's just the way uh, the industry has kind of tilted. So I think that that has a lot to do with it also. And the fighters themselves seem like they uh, feel they've made it once they fought in Las Vegas for some reason. That's just my opinion. I, I I I would have a hard time to disagree with you the way uh, the way you put it. But my, my only thought is that you know uh, boxing has become uh, you know a niche within a niche. Sports are a niche in life, you know, and I think boxing is a niche within sports, you know. And, and you know the 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 true boxing fan is so far and few in between now. And yes. ve- you know Vegas may capture. See, this is my whole point. Vegas may attract that casual fan. Or the guy that got the free tickets because he's a big gambler at one of the casinos or something. And they're going there just to, hey, I was at that fight, you know. Um, but the difference with the 90,000 people that were in uh, in England to watch the first one, these guys were boxing fans, you know. And it, it just, I get it about, you know, hey, we're in Vegas with the glitz, the glamour, all of that. But there's got to be some positive for a fighter when they're in that ring and they're looking around them and there's 90,000 people, whether they're cheering yeah. for you or, or they're not cheering for you, 
it's got to motivate you. If they're not cheering for you, you want to you want to show them that they should be cheering for you. If they are cheering for you, you're like, I got to perform. These are my people, you know, and it, it's just it has to be. I've never fought in front of a, an audience like that. As a matter of fact, I've never even covered a fight in front of an audience like that. The biggest fight I ever covered was at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, I couldn't even imagine, um, you know, that kind of atmosphere. I've never been involved, you know. So, honestly, I, I don't know. But I can I can definitely make an assumption that it's got to be fantastic, you know. And uh, I think that the fight... I really think not only was the fight great, Larry, don't get me wrong. The fight was great, but I think that atmosphere added to it. I really do. Well, uh, I have to agree with you there. It does get the adrenaline going, you know. So, you know, that that atmosphere and, and the one thing, whether they're cheering for you or not, uh, 90,000 people, they came to see you, whether they're cheering for you or not. They definitely came to see you. So that has to make a difference. You know, the other the other aspect, uh, the ticket sales, you know, like, you know, here, here we got, and, I, and I'm going to kind of bring this other topic in uh, because, you know, here they sell 90,000, 90,000 tickets in a couple of hours, right, for this fight. Yeah. A couple of hours sold out, right? Well, the, actually, they, they did it in two stages, if you recall. They sold 80,000. And then the, the whole mayor of the city and everything, you know, made accommodations to accommodate 10 more thousand yeah. people. And then they put 10,000 seats on sale and that sold out, you know, quick, immediately. Right. Well, our biggest ticket guy here in the United States, I mean, you can't argue, you know, the, the biggest guy that we have yeah. is Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather yeah. has sold, you know, but 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 remember something. He has sold pay-per-views. And that's an indication of the fans, right? When you look at his last fight at the uh, MGM, they didn't sell out. They had 15,000 people in, you know, they, they could have sold another 1,000 seats or whatever. A lot of seats were comped, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and this is our biggest seller, right? So, uh, you know, to say that you're going to put it in Vegas when you sold 90,000 seats in, in collectively a couple of hours um, and saying, oh, people are going to come. That's, I'm sure they will, but it's a hard comparison, man. You know, I mean, uh, the, the fans, the fans in, in uh, uh, you know, overseas just like to be at live events more than we do here in the States. Well, I have to agree with you there. I have to agree. And, and getting back to Floyd, you know, what happens a lot with Floyd after you finish watching them, you just want to go to bed. You don't have to take well, the train. Well, you don't want to have to drive anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Everybody always says. Everybody always says the same thing after a Floyd fight. Why did I spend my money? Or, or I'm never doing that. I'm never doing that again. And then they do it. You know. But, but, but speaking of Floyd, check this out. They still now. This is my point. Here, this is. You know, again, I'm going to throw the 90,000 fans sells out, you know, in, in a couple of, in a few hours collectively between the both uh, both times the sales went on for uh, Klitschko, uh, AJ Klitschko won. And uh, now for the big McGregor Mayweather fight, they still have tickets left right now. You know, they, they did not sell out immediately. Right. And, and here's all the options you can pay anywhere from I think it's 500 to 10,000 dollars for a ticket if you if you can you know, get the lotto for, uh, you know, to get the secret code and all of that. 
there's still way, they, they're showing so many tickets left. You know, they've been on sale for a couple of days now. Um, then you can spend $100 for the pay-per-view. You can go to one or I think there's five or six other casinos in Vegas that are selling closed circuit tickets for 75 And now you can go buy it in the movie theaters for 40 bucks. I mean, yes, there's plenty of ways to, to make the money and to sell tickets, so to speak. But again, the live audience, that energy is not flocking the way they do in England. Well, that, that, your point is well taken there. But while you're on the Floyd subject with tickets not selling, well, not, not selling, but not like uh, you would think. Nowhere, I don't think it's anywhere close to uh, Mayweather Pacquiao when it was announced. Um, and I think that's an indication also, while we're on that subject, I think that's an indication also of something that I think we discussed on the last show. I certainly don't feel the excitement for this McGregor uh, Mayweather upcoming event that I, you know, that I felt uh, for, for Floyd and Pacquiao, even though we were disappointed in that fight. I still don't feel that pre-fight excitement. And then, you know, that takes me to the a WWF type of um, uh, tour that they went on. I think that I think that soured uh, the fans even more because they got a chance to kind of really look at that situation and come away with the feeling that hey, you know, this is really a joke. You know, um, a pre-planned type of tour where they actually appear to have run out of material so then they started selling the race card right toward the end so that tells you right there you know and one thing I can say about boxing press conferences I have never been to a a boxing press conference where you have real rivals and those guys um, like choreographed it no they were real. You know, when Tyson and, and Lennox Lewis got into it, that was real. Um, you know, and, I, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Boxing press conferences that get heated up, there's no rehearsing done in those situations. So uh, I say that to say that people, fans, and the general public do have a sense of appreciation for the realness of a combative sports event, as a, especially when it involves boxing, as opposed to what uh, they're trying to sell with this Mayweather-McGregor uh, situation. Well, you know, with, with the, with the Mayweather-McGregor, you know, and I talk to people, this is, everybody talks to me about this, you know, especially non-boxing fans. And I think that this is really indicative of who's going to be buying this fight. Um, first of all, I, you know, when I ask people, you know, hey, do you think it's going to break the, the Mayweather-Pacquiao 4.4 million pay-per-views, right? Oh, yeah, it's going to blow them away, blow them away. That's what everybody uh, says. I don't they, know. Okay. And, I, and I say this. I say, you know what? I'm not sure. And the reason why is what you're stumbling on right now. The, yep. the, the fact that boxing fans all agree 
when you talk yep. to a true boxing fan, hey, what do you think of this fight? Well, you know what the response is. It's a joke. It's a circus. This isn't a fight. You know, a- anybody that doesn't gamble is is waiting for all the people betting money on McGregor for the odds to go down to lay a few bucks on Mayweather because for the first time in 10 years, you can get, you know, uh, uh, bettable odds and, and bet on a guy that's going to win the fight. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, normally you're laying 1500 to win 100 on on his fights you know and 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 now uh with all the money in on McGregor I heard the last I heard was 400 to win 100 which isn't bad for this fight you know but uh um I, I think what these press conferences that they did was the event I think a lot of people went there for exactly what they got and it's it's over because the the fight itself isn't going to live up to what the uh, what the shenanigans that went on at the press conference. And then the other thing is the people that are going to buy this are the casual sports fan, the guy or girl that wants to talk about it at the water cooler on Monday. And people say, oh, no, Bill, you're wrong. All the MMA fans are going to buy it. Well, no, you're wrong about that because the MMA fans are similar to what I call, and I'm not disrespecting anybody, but what I call like a NASCAR fan. They will go and all hang out at one guy's house. 12, 15 people will all go and they'll pitch in their 5, 10 bucks and they'll hang out. So they'll get the eyes watching it, but I'm not sure they'll get the buys. They'll get the eyes, but not the buys. You know what I'm saying? It's different in boxing. We all want to watch it. We want to sit home. I don't. I don't care if anybody comes over and watches it. I'm buying it. You know, and, and that's the way it is. What's your right, thoughts on that? Right. Well, no, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, and they seem to. You know, I'm not an expert in in the uh, in the uh, promotional aspect of this type of event, but just to me, and even I would think that a casual fan who. Um, has a certain level of intellect either way. Well, look at some of the things that they're doing. Now, now he's brought in McGregor. I would be asking myself, well, what am I paying for? And really, what am I watching? Where well, here's a guy that stands to make $100 million, but yet he has to bring in a referee or someone from the outside to um, teach him the rules and regulations and all of this. I mean, it just seems, it just seems so unreal, you know, that it, it's, it has this circus-like atmosphere for me. And I really don't think that people are going to be willing to shell out, you know, $100 for that. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm so pessimistic about this event, Billy. I don't see it coming anywhere near Pacquiao, Mayweather, or I think as we even get closer to to this event, you're going to hear even less and less about it. Hmm, interesting. This weekend we got uh, Adrian Broner fighting Micah Garcia, and um, you know I know you don't like to give predictions or anything, but I'll I'll throw this at you. Adrian Broner's been talking a lot of smack like he always does. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. My big question really um, is. Can he back it up? I mean, Mikey Garcia is the kind of fighter I think I, I know I like, and I and I'm pretty sure you like that kind of style. A, a blue collar doesn't say much. Lets his uh, actions inside the ring do the talking. He's you know challenged himself. He he just he just wins. He, he you know he's he it, it seems like he 
doesn't even care. He just goes in there and and does what he's got to do. It's a job. It's a it's it's like uh, you know he's going to to the job site. You know, and uh, uh, Broner's yeah. talking a lot of trash. Uh, he says uh, uh, you know he's gonna have no problem making weight. I saw some pictures of him uh, earlier in the week. Uh, he looks as fat as me for God's sakes. I, you know he's supposed to weigh 140 by by uh, by Saturday. It almost looks like he's gonna be focusing on weight. Uh, which is against him. I, I, what's your thoughts on on well, on that? Well, you know, I, I you know, I'm I'm used to fighters talking smack. I really don't have no problem as long as they keep it within the healthy realm of the sport. Um, uh, you're right. Um, Mikey Garcia is the type of fighter that Adrian Broner seems to have difficulty with. You know that the type of fighter that comes the the blue collar type guy that brings his lunch bucket. You know, you can do all your talking, but when the bell rings, now you have to bring it, and let's see you back to talking up, and he's going to be right there in his face, okay, with the pressure, and I think it's going to be, um, you know, um, a, a pretty uh, interesting night, you know, for, for uh, Adrian, uh, if he's not in shape, and if he's not prepared, uh, because, you know, I, I, I have to take you back once again. I saw Paulie Malinaji on one of his best nights at the Barclays Center against Broner. And then uh, Sean Porter, of course. And I, I haven't seen that much improvement in Broner. You know, and that's what I look for uh, in fighters like Broner that get um, a lot of, you know, you get a chance to see them quite frequently, I look to see uh, if the fighter is making improvements. And I haven't really uh, been comfortable with the level of improvement in Brona in handling certain styles of fighters. So uh, I think that uh, Mikey Garcia has the type of style and will bring the type of pressure. And also, I, I look at the corner. Uh, I think that he has the type of uh, corner man, the trainer, that does give instructions and does seem to have the ability to uh, adjust strategy uh, during the fight. So there's a lot of pluses in Garcia's corner. Um, and it's going to be, and I think it's going to make for a very interesting night. So, you know, we'll we'll see how how well, um, you know, I I kind of predict. I'm kind of predicting right now, anyway, which in a roundabout way. But we'll we'll see just how much that comes to pass when we talk. You know, the next time. Hey, listen, I'll tell you, you're 100 percent right. You know, Broner's got a lot of yes men, rah rah men in his corner. Uh, Garcia's got instruction. Uh, the battle of the corners, if it boils down to that, Garcia's got the edge. Uh, Garcia is much more professional. Um, you know, I, I think this. I think this fight really is important to Broner and the rest of his career. He has to at least look good. Uh, if he gets stopped in this fight, um, I think his value is going to plummet, and we may not see him again. But uh, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Hey, listen, Larry, uh, we won't, like I said uh, in an email, we won't be here next week, but we'll look forward to you the following week, my man. 
Okay, I look forward to it, Billy. All right, have a great weekend, brother. Okay, you too. Take care. That's uh, Larry Hazard uh, giving us his thoughts on uh, a bunch of stuff today. And uh, uh, him and him and uh, Sal, you know, uh, talking about uh, Jersey. But, uh, uh, well, I was saying the Jersey connection. You know, them saying, oh, well, you know, the excitement, the glitz, the glitter. Um, I say have it in England when I'm talking about the uh, uh, AJ and uh, Klitschko rematch. But uh, nonetheless, I don't care as long as they have it. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, Sal and I will uh, break down and give you our predictions on the uh, Mikey Garcia-Adrian Broner fight. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And... We're back. You're listening and watching to the Billy C Show. To the Billy C Show? I don't know. You know what? These Jersey guys stick together. Joining me right now is the other Jersey guy, uh, my man Sal Rocky Senecola. Hey, uh, you know, my man Larry, uh, he mostly agreed with me, but, you know, I couldn't believe he starts saying, uh, uh, well, you know, the glitz, the glamour. I go, what, 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 what is it with you Jersey guys? <laughs> we stick together. Uh, I had an early conversation with, with Larry. Not really. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to say, and another thing. What, Colombo? No, it, it, absolutely. Oh, by the way, uh, yes, uh, here's the other thing. One of the things I regret in my career, of course, not getting a title shot, but I did have an opportunity. I was supposed to fight Kenny Bazemore for the USBA title, and it was supposed to be in Madison Square Garden. And uh, I missed that opportunity. That's that's another story for another day. Uh, but I wanted to fight in Madison Square Garden. I, I thought that was the home of the champions, and a stellar legendary garden would have been great, even the felt form. But the bottom line is, you know, I was so looking forward to that opportunity, and it just uh, fell through the cracks. We'll talk about that on another show. But the bottom line is, uh, how about this? Anthony Joshua may want to fight in Las Vegas because, again, don't forget, he he's a young guy. He grew up probably watching boxing like I grew up. Uh, my stellar hero was Roberto Duran, and when I got a chance to meet Duran and spar Duran, it was like, wow, my, my dream came true. Well, maybe one of his dreams is he watched uh, Tyson. He watched all these guys fight in Vegas, and he said, hey, maybe I want to fight in Vegas. And so, you know, let's let's look at it from that standpoint. It might be a goal for him. It might be a way to, that we're going to introduce um, Anthony Joshua to the United States. So either way, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think we're just going to look at it and make it a positive as best we can. But, you know, a fighter, he does have some motivation, some incentives. And sometimes where the fight is could be uh, an added incentive. And maybe he's always wanted to be in Las Vegas to fight in Las Vegas. So that's that's another fuel for the fire from my side. Thank you very much. Well, the thing is, is that uh, and the truth of the matter is, believe it or not, despite Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, being the best heavyweight on the planet right now, and despite the fact that he won the first fight, uh, Vladimir Klitschko is actually holding all the 
the cards. He gets to say if he even wants to fight, number one. Number two, if he doesn't want to fight in Vegas, they don't have to fight in Vegas. So he's actually calling all the shots here as per the contract. So uh, wow. that's a little uh, FYI. But anyway, Mikey Garcia much. against Adrian Broner this weekend, the big fight uh, scheduled for this weekend. Uh, I know that uh, we, we wanted to talk about this. We got off topic a little bit uh, with the uh, AJ Klitschko rematch, which is just, just it just goes to show you how much more exciting when we start talking about fights like Anthony Joshua against Klitschko, uh, Triple G against Canelo, I mean, it, it, you know, it's just more excitement than McGregor Mayweather or even Adrian Broner, Mikey Garcia, even though I think this is going to be a, a good fight. First and foremost, Adrian Broner, he's a former world uh, junior lightweight, lightweight, junior welterweight, and welterweight champion. Um, he has... Uh, uh, lost uh, titles on scales. Uh, he has had a, uh, a problem-making weight. Uh, right now, he's ranked by the computer uh, at number nine as a welterweight. Because remember, if he steps on the scale and he weighs 141, that's a welterweight now. That's not a junior welterweight. This fight is supposed to be uh, fought at the junior weight, welterweight limit. There is a fine or, uh, I guess... Uh, yeah, I'll call it a fine. Um, $500,000 uh, you lose if you don't make weight, either fighter. Um, that's an incentive. That's a half a million dollar incentive. Uh, Adrian Broner is 27 years old. Uh, he's five foot six with a 69-inch reach. The thing about the, these two guys is that physically uh, they're very similar in height and, and reach and even age. Uh, Garcia is actually uh, a little older, but, uh, um, you know, whatever. Uh, they both have had the same amount of fights uh, throughout their careers. Uh, so on paper, it's extremely evenly matched. Adrian Broder, he's got a record of uh, 33 wins, 24 coming by knockout, uh, and he's suffered two losses. He's got a 67% knockout ratio. Um, you know, I, I always liked Adrian Broner as a lightweight. And on his way up, uh, as a you know junior lightweight and lightweight, he fought the guys and dominated the guys that put him on the map. Guys like Rafael uh, Laura and uh, Carlos Claudio. You know, you may look at their records now and say they're not impressive, but at that time, back in 2010, um, you know these were significant fighters, including a, a win that he had over a fighter named uh, Guillermo Sanchez. Now Sanchez actually now has a terrible record. But at that time, he was 11-1-1, and one, and he was on the rise, you know. Uh, when he beat uh, veteran uh, uh, Lidio Julio, uh, it was another big fight. Uh, he got uh, a win over John Rivas, which wasn't... Rivas was a built-up fighter, but still, this was his climb. But the fight against Daniel Ponce de Leon really put him on the map. Daniel Ponce de Leon was a fighter. I love uh, Ponce de Leon, and this was a tough, tough fight. But it was able to showcase Adrian Broner's hand speed, his agility, uh, his uh, defensive uh, powers, which w made it very hard for him to get hit. <coughs> Excuse me, hit. Uh, it was a big uh, instrumental win, uh, in my opinion, for Adrian Broner. Uh, he followed that with wins over uh, uh, Jason Litzow uh, and uh, Eloy Perez uh, was uh, 
uh, a title fight. He won the uh, vacant title uh, in the fight before Eloy Perez when he beat Vincente Martin Rodriguez for the vacant uh, uh, junior, uh, well, the WBA calls it the super featherweight title. Uh, then he beat uh, Eloy Perez. Uh, es- he comes back and uh, beats uh, Vincent uh, Escobedo. He moved up in weight, fought Antonio DeMarco, beat him. DeMarco, uh, you could argue, was had uh, uh, a lot of mileage on him. Um, Gavin Rees uh, was a, a big win for him in the lightweight division. Uh, then uh, he had some problems making weight and jumped all the way up to the welterweight uh, division and fought Paulie Malinaji for Malinaji's title in Brooklyn. And he won a extremely, like Larry uh, Hazard just said, he won an extremely controversial fight, a split decision win over Paulie Malinaji. Most people, especially people in attendance, felt Paulie won that fight, uh, but uh, he won that one. He followed that with a performance against Marcos Maidana that uh, really showed us that his corner was nothing. Uh, because he was in control. He got dropped by Marcus Maidana uh, in this fight and uh, ended up losing a 12-round decision. Uh, he uh, also uh, uh, you know, got back on the winning track, had wins over uh, some decent fighters, Carlos Molina, Emmanuel Taylor, uh, John Molina Jr. And then he uh, set up a fight with Sean Porter, uh, again at the welterweight limit, and again uh, demonstrated that uh, he wasn't the same fighter he was at the lower weight class. Sean Porter beat him, although uh, late in that fight, uh, Adrian Broner still proved that he's got punching power because he dropped uh, Sean Porter, which had never been done before. Porter had never been down uh, in his career before, and uh, Broner uh, uh, pretty much with hand speed and the fact that Sean Porter didn't see the punch uh, put him down, but it wasn't enough to win the fight. And Porter didn't seem hurt by it. Uh, just uh, it came out of nowhere. Uh, he did fight his last three fights uh, at junior uh, welterweight. Uh, Kahib uh, Akubdevov and uh, Ashley Theofane. And then uh, he, he stopped both of those guys. And in his last fight, he fought Adrian Granados. Squeaked by. Split decision. Ten-round decision. Um, you know, this is a guy that, uh, um, you know, he's been in the news uh all stuff outside of boxing. His skill set, which I thought he possessed at the lower weight classes, still hangs around, but he's not able to to apply it, at least in my opinion. Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia uh, ranked at number three in the world at lightweight. Now he's moving up. Uh, so, you know, remember, uh, Adrian Broner ranked number nine at welterweight. Uh, Mikey Garcia being ranked at lightweight because that's the fight and title he holds. Uh, Mikey Garcia, listen. Uh, a couple of years older at 29, very similar in height, exact same height as a matter of fact, five foot six, and he's got a one inch uh, reach disadvantage. He was a former, he's currently the WBC World Lightweight Champ, and he was a former uh, World Featherweight and uh, Junior Lightweight Champion uh, as well. Um, you know, his big, uh, well, let me rephrase that. This guy has been in big fights. You go all the way back. If we, we started with uh, Adrian Broner in 2010, I mean, uh, Mikey Garcia beat some uh, big names uh, in the divisions. The one fight that uh, he really dominated uh, uh, in the uh, featherweight division against uh, Matt Remillard, who I, I actually was a big fan. Matt Remillard was undefeated at that time, but was clearly overmatched against Mikey Garcia. Uh, he followed that with uh, some wins uh, over uh, Rafael Guzman and 
Juan Carlos uh, Martinez was just a stay-busy type fight. Uh, Bernabe Concepcion uh, beat him in 2012. Jonathan Victor Barrios beat him in 2012. Orlando Solito uh, beat him uh, by a technical decision in 2013. Juan Lopez, big fight there, knocked him out. Uh, Roman Martinez, another big win, knocked him out. Uh, I mean, this guy comes and fights. Uh, Juan Carlos Burgos, he fought in 2014. Uh, won a 12-round decision for the uh, uh, junior lightweight title. And then he had a two-year layoff. And the two-year layoff was based on uh, promotional and management uh, issues. He returned to the ring last year, uh, almost a year ago, uh, on uh, July 30th against Elio Rojas. Now, Rojas was a ranked fighter, but uh, clearly, despite not being in the ring for two years, uh, Mikey Garcia uh, showed why He's a, uh, a top fighter, uh, pound for pound, uh, knocked him out in five. In his last fight, he picked up the WBC World Lightweight title against uh, Dijon Zalakishian, uh, stopping him in dramatic fashion in three rounds. Uh, and Zalakishian was uh, undefeated at 22-0, which sets up this fight against Adrian Broner. Um, the bottom line is this. Adrian Broner has hand speed. He's got defense. Uh, he's, he does possess uh, a skill. There's no question about it. But somewhere along the line, Adrian Broner uh, really uh, has gotten full of himself. And he thinks he's way better than he is. I think there's a discipline issue here. Obviously, can't make weight. Thinks who he is. Uh, does really stupid things outside of the ring. Has been in trouble. Uh, has done uh, uh, crazy, stupid stuff, trying to emulate Floyd Mayweather. There's only one Floyd Mayweather, and everyone should stop trying to copy him. He is what he is. Uh, Adrian Broner, AB, he says, stands for about billions. Never going to happen. Uh, Mikey Garcia, <laughs> you know, about billions ain't going to happen. Uh, you know, uh, Mikey Garcia. Oh, um, it's true, though, Sal. Uh, Mikey it's, Garcia. You know, oh, I, I, don't even, the, I just I never heard that. That's, that's great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mikey Garcia. Listen, we've said this about Mikey Garcia many, many times. He's a, uh, a blue collar fighter, brings his lunch pail to the fight, so to speak. Uh, no nonsense guy. Got a very solid corner with his brother in the corner. Uh, Mikey Garcia uh, starts off a little slow, but he uh, he breaks down his opponents. The issue here is Mikey Garcia going to be able to handle Adrian Broner's speed. Uh, if he can, it's going to be a short night. If he can't, it may take Mikey Garcia a little longer. My prediction, officially, I'm picking Mikey Garcia in this fight. Uh, I think Adrian Broner will have his moments. But I think Mikey Garcia is going to uh, break him down. I think Mikey Garcia might win by a knockout. But my official prediction is that uh, he drops Broner in this fight later in the fight. And he wins a decision. It's going to be a close decision. Because the first couple of rounds are going to go to Adrian Broner. I'm predicting. But and at the end of the day, I'm predicting Mikey Garcia. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins by a TKO or a knockout. But I think he's going to win uh, this fight by a decision. And uh, because of the fact that I predict that he's going to be a slow starter in this fight, maybe giving up the first two or even three rounds, uh, it'll be close on the scorecards. But my prediction, Mikey Garcia gets the W. Sal, what's your thoughts on this fight? I think Mikey Garcia is going to get the W as well. And, you know, I I, I respect Adrian Broner with his skill and his style. And, 
about billions i don't know but uh you know i think i think adrian broner had his opportunities and had his time and i think some of the things he's he's done or his lifestyle he leads of late uh and his discipline issue i think those are all deterrents and i think those are all taking him away from what he's got to focus on with the blinders that's getting into shape and being passionate and fighting to win and uh like i said i can't speak for a fighter but I'm just saying from my observations, black and white issues. So I, I know he's got corner issues as, as well. And Mikey Garcia is solid. He's a methodical fighter. He breaks you down. He's textbook. These guys aren't going to do much to deviate from their style, what they do, and what's innate to them uh, as far as what they're going to call upon uh, with their instincts and stuff. So I do see you know, like you uh, see, Adrian Broner maybe winning a f- couple of the early rounds. But I think with Mikey Garcia's corner, I think with Mikey Garcia's methodical breakdown of an opponent's style and everything else, I think, uh, and then and, and you have the, the discipline issues on Adrian Broner, I think Mikey Garcia is going to pull a big, big night for himself. I think this is Mikey Garcia's time, and I think that Mikey Garcia is going to really uh, show and shock uh, Adrian Broner, and I think he's going to stop him by the 10th round. You know, one other point that I forgot to make is that, um, you know, uh, Mikey Garcia knows how to break his opponents down by work. We talked about this yesterday, by working the body. And I think that... um, if he gets the opportunity uh, to get in close to Broner, if Broner's not, uh, you know, if Broner's spending a lot of time today and tomorrow and the next day trying to lose weight, um, you know, he's not going to be 100% and he's going to be drained a little bit. And if uh, if Garcia can work the body, Sal, um, he may uh, uh, very well break down Adrian Broner a lot quicker than I thought. So I think I think the judging... The body shots are going to come into play. Will the judges score the way they should for you know uh, body shots that are landed uh, flush, uh, or uh, like a lot of judges today don't even don't even score body shots, which is ridiculous. So I think that that's going to be a factor in this fight as well. I agree with you. I agree one hundred percent with you. And I think that Mikey Garcia, like I said, he's disciplined. He's going to make a plan. He's going to work a plan. I think Adrian Broner, he's going to make his own plan, uh, but he 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 will fight off the cuff. He'll do things that he uh, will normally or naturally do instinctively, um, which is a good thing. But I, I I think Mikey Garcia, being steadfast, being disciplined, and being one that has a, an approach and attack, uh, like I said, there's nothing too different you're going to expect from either one of these fighters. They each have their styles. If their styles do look like it's going to make a good fight and i think that uh mikey garcia is uh just his discipline his coming forward his his ability to uh to punch and and to to uh to box a little bit but i think he he's gonna break down i think he's gonna go to the body and i think uh you're gonna see him breaking down adrian broner by the 10th round uh one other fight on this card that i i want to give a prediction to and i I'm not a big fan of Charlo, and or any, and and I don't think that that's even uh, a fight that I'm going to talk about. But the fight I do want to talk about is the heavyweight fight between Gerald Washington and Jarrell uh, Big Baby Miller. Miller is uh, 29 years old. Uh, you know he is looking like he's in a little better shape, but um, he's six foot four with a 78 inch reach. The heavyweight division by the computer has him ranked at number 28. 
His two biggest wins on his uh, resume were Donovan Dennis back in 2016, uh, on my birthday, actually, in 2016, and uh, Fred Cassie. They call him Big Fred Cassie, but he's not really that big. He stopped him in three rounds uh, also last year in August. Um, Jarrell Miller hasn't fought uh, in almost a year. It was August 19th in his last fight. Uh, he steps in with, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not happy with this guy and his weight. I mean, for the Donovan Dennis fight, he was 274 pounds, 274 and a quarter pounds. And in his last fight a year ago, 296 and a half pounds. Now, some people have said he's gotten into some better shape. Uh, you know, just to be at 274 and a quarter, you would have to, you know, have lost 20 pounds. Um, I, you know, that's not enough. I mean, at six foot four, uh, you know, this guy should be uh, 260 at the most, uh, you know, um, whatever. He steps in with Gerald Washington, who's um, actually uh, taller than him at six foot six. Uh, and he's uh, six years older at 35. Uh, Jarrell Mill is 29, uh, but he's uh, six foot six and he's got a much longer reach, 82. Gerald Washington, I think, uh, has fought the tougher opposition. He beat Sherman Williams. Uh, he beat Skip Scott. He, he beat uh, Travis Walker, even though Walker was uh, not the same fighter. Nagy Aguilera is a, a tough fighter to beat. He had a draw with Amir Mansour. He beat Eddie Chambers, who's a boxer. And in his last fight, he got stopped by Deontay Wilder. But leading up to that stoppage, he did seem to catch uh, uh, Deontay with his boxing ability. And that's the key here. You know, this is a guy that's in much better shape. He comes in around 240, 239, something like that. Um, you know, with the height advantage and reach advantage. I mean, uh, he's got a four-inch reach advantage. I just think his boxing ability uh, is going to win this fight for him. I, despite him being older, I think Gerald Washington is a better fighter than Miller. I think Miller is one of the most overrated fighters that have hit the scene in a long time. And for people to suggest that this guy, I mean, he was calling out everybody uh, a few months ago. Um, I would be shocked if Miller wins. If Miller wins this fight, and remember, he is a knockout puncher. He's got an 84% knockout ratio, 18 wins, 16 by knockout. Um, you know, the same amount of wins for Gerald Washington with 12 knockouts. Uh, if Miller can knock out Gerald Washington, that's fine. And, you know, that'll pretty much say how one-dimensional he is. But I don't see that happen. I see Gerald Washington uh, outboxing him and winning a decision at least. But then again, Sal, the question of how much uh, wear and tear is on Gerald Washington after being knocked out the way he was against uh, Deontay Wilder. You just said a big thing and a mouthful. And uh, normally I would have looked at Gerald Washington and, and agree with you that he's going to outbox and, and beat Gerald Miller, Jerome Miller. But I, I'll tell you what, that big heavy punch, he couldn't get out of the way of Deontay Wilder. And that may leave a lasting impression and blow. And I, I still I think that Miller's got enough time where he's going to land a big shot. And I think that uh, I think Miller is also going to win by a knockout. Good deal. All right, well, we disagree on that one. But I got a couple of emails. Um, this first one's from Jesse. My man Jesse says, Hey, Billy C. and Sal, I love boxing on ESPN, but Crawford and Dongo and Vasily uh, Lomachenko against Mariaga are lopsided bouts. Unlike past fights like Pryor or Guego, uh, etc., are the best fights in Hall of Famers on ESPN. No disrespect to Indongo and Mariaga, but they're not Hall of Famers. I want to see Crawford and Lomachenko 
uh, versus at least considered future Hall of Famers on ESPN. But I guess those bouts would be considered pay-per-view fights, and there's not many future Hall of Famers currently in the lower division. Um, you know, you're, you're asking a lot of ESPN, Jesse, uh, at this stage of the game. I mean, we went from Friday night fights to first uh, getting a, a good fight on ESPN recently. Uh, you know, and as far as Hall of Famers, I mean, let's slow that down a little bit. I mean, uh, let's just be happy with fights on TV. Um, as far as the Crawford and Dongo fight, listen, that's a unification fight. Whether you think Ndongo is, is not that good or not, he has two belts. He has been silencing the critics. I like this fight. I think that this fight is going to be uh, a tough fight for uh, Terrence Crawford. Don't get me wrong. I think Terrence Crawford is the best in his weight class. I love watching Terrence Crawford fight because he displays everything. Defense, boxing ability, and he's not afraid to... Uh, uh, you know, step fighting in the pocket. And he's got a little mean streak in him, too. He likes to uh, beat up his opponents. I, I like him. Uh, and Ndongo is one of those guys that, you know, we've only seen recently after he's won titles. And he's been uh, fighting tough guys, at least by on paper. So I, I wouldn't underestimate Ndongo. As far as Vasily Lomachenko and Mariaga, Mariaga, again, is a, uh, uh, an opponent that's being forced upon Lomachenko because of sanctioning uh, bodies. You know, he's the number one uh, contender. So uh, we can't fault uh, Lomachenko on that. Uh, but all Hall of Famers on ESPN? Come on, slow it down a little bit, Jesse. He says, uh, what's your thoughts on Gilmore against Deloach? Uh, I got to give it up to Deloach. He fights uh, undefeated guys, and he's passed these challenges. I like Deloach, uh, that, the fact that he fights young guys. Uh, Gilmore, Nathan Gilmore is 18-1-1 uh, one one with 15 knockouts, 156 pounds this fight. This weekend's being contested. I like the fight too, Jess. He says, uh, I have no desire to see Chavez Jr. again. Neither do I. I tell you, you know, Chavez Jr., he's got, he's got more chances in boxing than Freddy Krueger had lives. I mean, uh, come on. You know, um, I, 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 I agree with him there. Get a manicure. Uh, for sure. For sure, I agree with him there. Um, but uh, anyway, um, let me squeeze this one in real quick, Sal. This is from Johnston. He happens to be in our chat room right now. Hey, Billy C. and Sal, these are my predictions for the weekend. First, Broner Garcia. I think Broner will make the weight this time uh, around. If he doesn't, he'll be hit with a $500,000 fine. In his own words, I have no reason to miss the weight. I will be more disciplined. I will not give up a half a million dollars. That says everything we need to know about Adrian Broner. Money is the be-all and end-all to him and nothing else. He says, although Garcia is moving up slightly in weight, I still think he'll carry that punching power into this fight. I'm tipping the blue-collar man to win by knockout between the fifth and seventh round. Uh, Broner will get dropped early in the fight, but nothing more than a flash knockdown. He will then uh, come unstuck. Uh, when he starts to hold excessively, then gradually Garcia will have him backed up onto the ropes and he'll find the way to land decisive shots to eventually win by knockout. He says on the undercard, I'm going for Gerald Washington over Jarrell Miller by unanimous decision. Washington actually impressed me with his uh, skills against Wilder. He won every round until he was knocked out. I think he does the same against Miller. This time he'll finish standing. Uh, Jamel Charlo will win early uh, by a clean knockout against Jorge Sebastian Highland. The Argentina is a slugger, uh, but he's too wide open. I expect Charlo to dominate and look good. Ta Katie Taylor will impress when she takes her bow on American soil. I can see a stoppage from her. 
Um, yeah, uh, I also agree with him on uh, the Charlo. He says, Frampton, Gutierrez, this will be anything but easy for Frampton. I expect the young Mexican to cause him all kinds of trouble. This will be the only third time Gutierrez has fought away from Mexican soil, but Belfast is nothing like Vegas or Texas uh, with the passionate Irish crowd behind Phantom, uh, Frampton. I'm going for a unanimous decision win for the Jackal, but some interesting rounds along the way. Mexico versus Ireland is always a great match to watch. He says, P.S. Billy C., do your jury service. You don't want to end up like Broner with a contempt charge for failing to make multiple court appearances. Uh, Johnson, thanks for your predictions. That's a great. Uh, I think I think he's got a good prediction all across the board, including the jury's jury uh, direction. Yeah, no, you're right. You, I think you told me the same thing. But uh, I did. anyway, I did. Uh, we are going to take a short break. We come back. I got another email and then some other stuff. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back uh, in uh, two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, uh, speaking of us, I'm here with uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky. Santa Cola and Sal, I got one more email. There's those mugs again. Hey, you want to get a those custom- mugs? You want a mug? You want to get mug. a customized <laughs> mug from uh, Sal? Drop me an email. I'll hook you up. Billy at Talking Boxing. T A L K I N B O X I N G. Last emails from a man, Joel. Uh, Joel says, "Hey, Billy C. It was announced yesterday. Top Rank has won the purse bid on the Beater Beater Beef Coiling Elimination Fight." With Peter Beef having differences with his promoter, Yvonne Michelle, do you think Bob Arum bid on this in hopes to work with Peter Beef to expand his uh, stable of fighters at 175? Um, could be, Joel. That's a good point. Uh, yes, Top Rank uh, uh, won the uh, purse bid, uh, 315000 Uh Sarlin Events had 80000 Uh So uh, uh, big-time difference there. They got... Uh, uh, 90 days to put the fight on. 75% of the 315,000 of Beater Beef, 25 to Coaling. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only uh, revenue that these fighters will make, although it seemed uh, that uh, Beater Beef, um, you know, should be a bigger draw. Uh, unfortunately, because of his promotional uh, problems, uh, this guy's not getting uh, uh, the schedule. He's not getting on the schedule as often as he should. As far as uh, do I think Top Rank will try to, to snatch him up? Of course. That's uh, that's Bob Arum's M.O., man. You know, uh, he's uh, he, of course he wants him. Uh, he says, lastly, uh, what do you think of Nonito Donaire signing with Richard Schaefer's ringside, uh, Ringstar Sports? Is there any money to be made with Donaire, who at 34 is well past his prime. I assume Schaefer will put Donaire against lower-level opponents until he can find a weak champion to get Donaire uh, a title back. What's your and Sal's opinion? Well, you know, yes, uh, uh, Richard Schaefer's uh, Ringstar Sports signed Nonito Donaire. 
Um, I, I think it's simple, and, and I don't know about you, Sal, but I think it's pretty simple what Richie Schaefer is doing. He's following the same blueprint that he helped with uh, Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy. If you remember when Golden Boy first hit the scene, they used Oscar as their, uh, their main guy. Uh, they signed a bunch of uh, older fighters that had names like Oscar De La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins, and Sugar Shane Mosley, to name the top three. And um, over time, they sprinkled in some young fighters. And while the big names were still fighting and developing Golden Boy as a promotional company, they uh, built up these young fighters on the undercard. And then when the torch was passed, because it was, these young fighters became uh, the bigger names, and it gave the promotional company, this point, Golden Boy, uh, the opportunity to attract and sign more uh, fighters. And now, arguably, Golden Boy is, you know, one of the top three uh, promotional outfits out there. Well, Richard Schaefer is no dummy. This is a guy that uh, has maneuvered himself uh, with the World Boxing Super Series, which I think is great. He's also picked two weight classes that are popular outside the U.S., which some people could raise their eyebrows at. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is he knows that he could get Revenue Stream and some other fighters uh, in other countries. And he certainly has picked every one of these fights for the whole series uh, in both weight classes, super middleweight and cruiserweight, as main events. And he's got people bidding on where to hold these fights. So, you know, he's, he's clearly doing smart moves. And this is another one of those smart moves, Joel. He's taken a name like Donito, Donito Donaire. Uh, this guy has a following. He's got a name. Whether he uh, gets another title or not, that's yet to be seen. But he's got a name. Do I see him fighting any tough fights? You know what? You never know. Nonito Donaire, you know, his attitude and, and interest in boxing was starting to slip a little bit. He had the birth of his child, and he's got a beautiful uh, wife. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're still young. Uh, for all intent and purposes, I, I don't think he needs money, but I think he might have signed with uh, Richard Schaefer for an opportunity at, at another big payday, one of these uh, comfort zone paydays. I don't know, but either way, it's a big name to add to a growing and, and beginning, starting out a promotional company like Ringstar. What's your thoughts, Sal? I think you're right. I think the, the, the format and the gameplay and the plan business model is, is one that, uh, you know, you, you're going to duplicate a, a success. And Golden Boy had a great, uh, great farm system, if you will. If we analogize it to the baseball uh, Yankees or whatever the heck, you know, they develop at a young age and they, they uh, pass the torch and they do what they do. And I think that's a great process of uh, developing a promotional outfit let the seniors not the seniors you know what i mean the the more experienced and more popular names and the fighters that are going to be passing the torch do so to the younger developing talent that's going to be able to shine later on it certainly worked for uh, oscar de la hoya and golden boy and and really i mean you got to mention floyd mayweather too because floyd mayweather mayweather promotions i mean he's the big star of mayweather and mayweather promotions are, are trying to um get uh uh, more talent, younger talent around them. I, I think Richard Schaefer and uh, the people at Golden Boy, including Oscar, can pick better talent than, than Mayweather so far. I mean, uh, Badeau Jack has uh, improved. Um, I, I'm not really uh, sold on Jay Leon Love or, or some of these other guys that are under the Mayweather banner. But, hey, don't, don't forget uh, the, uh, the other the young kid that they have, uh, the, the lightweight, he's, uh, he's good, you know, so Davis, you know, so uh, mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. One last thing I wanted to mention, uh, Victor Ortiz, 
Remember Victor? No one should take a I beat do. like this. Yes. Uh, he uh, he's fighting again uh, Sunday on uh, Fox Sports, and wow. uh, he says uh, uh, he's taken on uh, uh, he's taken on uh, uh, Mexico's uh, Saul Corral as a main uh, event. And Victor Ortiz said, and I quote: "I still feel like it could be one of the best in the 147 pound division. It's there for the taking." There are some gifted fighters in there, and I respect them, but I believe that I have what it takes to be right up there. I'm a complete fighter. You know, Victor Ortiz, I just don't think that the heart and passion is with this guy, and I'm not so sure it ever was. You know, the famous line, I don't think anybody should take a beating like that when he fought Marcus Maidana. Um, to me, I know he took a lot of heat for it, and it was after he took a beating, but... You know, this guy is kind of successful outside of the boxing ring. It makes me wonder why he's even fighting, maybe fulfilling a contract he's got with Al Heyman. He did sign with Al Heyman. Um, he's, you know, he's in there. Uh, he should look good on this fight against Corral uh, in California. I I'm not so sure. As far as competing with the big names in the 147-pound division, I mean, I'm thinking guys like Sean Porter, Kel Brook, Keith Thurman, uh, you know, Errol Spence Jr., I, I don't see Ortiz being competitive with those guys at all. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think Ortiz is just trying to get himself another payday. I, I just don't uh, – he's a nice guy. I just don't look at him as being a legit uh, champion or even top contender. What do you think, Sal? Well, we'll see. I think, you know what, like I said, I don't know what's in each fighter's heart and mind, but uh, I'll give him some credit, and uh, let's see how he performs, and let's see what uh, this next fight shows. I mean, this this is a telling fight one way or the other, and we'll either see it exposed to what you believe it is, or, or uh, he's, he's still got some fire and passion in him. I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah, we will see. and uh, We will see. We will see. Uh, but, uh, hey, programming note, we will not be doing – well, let me rephrase it. We're not doing a show tomorrow or Friday. So um, this is the last show for this week. And as far as next week, unfortunately, it's to be determined. Um, uh, like you heard in the email, I have been <clears throat> forced, you know, <laughs> legally uh, to uh, make an appearance uh, for jury duty. And I'm going to try. It's your my, civic duty. I'm going to try. Yeah, but they should pick people that want to do it civically. Yeah, can I? You can know? I tell you something? You know, you know what I often said, but then again, I, you know, there's enough attorneys in the world that they should choose attorneys. I, in fact, I'd like to know: Are attorneys allowed to be jurors, or does their law degree uh, supersede? Uh, on a on a note that they could actually be objective enough to be uh, a juror. I don't know, but that's an interesting question. Can attorneys be jurors? Number one, and then I don't know if I would like that, but I often wondered with all the attorneys out there, why don't they just select twelve attorneys to be jurors? But then again, you know that that the, the, you lock them around, you lock them in a room to uh, to debate a guilty or not guilty. Forget about it, be forever. That's the problem. But you know the whole theory. <laughs> you'll of, have a you'll have a defense attorney and a prosecutor both on the same bench. The, the, the whole <laughs> and they'll go at it. Forget it. You know what? Forget it, I even said that. the whole theory. Now I, the whole th now I know why you're judged by your peers. Exactly. I was just going to say, <laughs> uh, you know, the whole theory behind a jury is that it's supposed to be peers, regular and and I'm not. Peers, so, I, I think lawyers can can do it. I don't know about a whole jury, but I don't want to do it. I've I've avoided it my whole life. My whole life I've avoided it, and they literally uh, served me 
with papers to appear, which is total you BS. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. You got to, you know, they said me a couple of years ago I had, down here. I, I, I got a couple times up in Jersey, but man, first time down here. And it was a it was a decent case. I actually got served twice down here. Well, I had a I, I had to get a lawyer to. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, they 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 seeked me out all these years, and I was like, no, no, no. And finally, anyway. But next week, uh, the best thing to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash/talkingboxing. T a l k i n b o x i n g, and um, it'll notify you when we go live. Because what's going to happen is. I'm going to reach out to Sal and say, hey, listen, uh, I'm done. Tomorrow we do a show. <laughs> we're going to do and, a show. <laughs> uh, and, and we're going to come on. So I don't want to, you know, I, you could either check uh, wherever you're watching or listening to the show. All of our TV uh, and radio affiliates will have shows anyway to uh, broadcast, so you don't have to worry about that. But uh, if you like the uh, live shows, uh, make sure you uh, uh, check it out. That's all I can say. On this day, July 26th in 1948, Freddie Mills wins a 15-round decision over Gus Lenetovich to win the World Light Heavyweight title. It took place in London. On this day in 1938, Al Hostick knocks out Freddie Steele in the first round to win the NBA World Middleweight title, and that took place in Seattle. Seattle. On this day in 1894, Tommy Ryan wins a 20-round decision over mysterious Billy Smith. Uh, to win the World Welterweight title, and that took place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on this day in 1894. On this day in 1923, Johnny Dundee wins a 15-round decision over Eugene Kariki to win the uh, World Featherweight title. It took place in New York City. On this day in 2003, I loved this guy. This, this guy, I, he was rushed along too quick, but one of the, one of the best fighters I, I, I enjoyed watching uh, Vicious Fernando Vargas stops Fritz Vanderpool. Sorry, Fritzy, he's a good friend of mine. Stops Fritz Vanderpool in the sixth round in their scheduled ten-round junior middleweight fight. Uh, he improves to uh, twenty-three wins and two losses in this fight. And on this day in nineteen eighty-one, Lupi Pintor stops Jovito Rengifo in the eighth round to retain his WBC World Bantamweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas on this day. July 26th in 1981. Now, we didn't do our blast from the past today, but don't worry about it. We will tell you all about Gene Fulmer next week. Uh, but uh, Or not next, maybe, no, 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 I, I slipped. Maybe not next week. The next time, next time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time we do a blast, it's going to be on uh, Gene Fulmer. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, uh, I want you guys to all make sure you tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.